0: Let me congratulate you on something. Is it okay if I brag on the Castle Rock Church? Is that okay? I want to congratulate you for being almost at the two-year point. That's pretty special. Uh, Some of you may not know this, but statistics uh, with a new church plan for them to hang in there, that's pretty good. Because some of them don't make it. And so you guys have almost made it to the two year point. Praise the Lord for that. I was just thinking, Pastor Godfrey, as I looked back at my journey spiritually, that I'm a product, I'm a product of a church plan. In Richmond, Virginia, they had a, a big church downtown, but they decided, the pastor and some leaders decided they wanted a church on another side of town. And so my mother was a part of that congregation and so uh, she went with that group and because i went to church to make mom happy i went with the group too and so there was as a teenager uh in in a new church plant well sometimes when you think of evangelism you think of strictly evangelism on the outside but there was a a young teenager in that congregation that needed jesus just as much as the people that were outside of the church and that teenager was me and it was so there listening to a preacher preach on sabbath morning that i decided to give god a chance and that was the best decision i've ever made in my life i, I surrendered my life to the lord and so i was uh, baptized and they didn't have a baptistry um i don't think you have one either do you <laughs> or maybe you're using the one here i don't know but so they had they took me to a a, a pond and, uh, and it was an August day uh, with humidity in Virginia. So you probably don't know what humidity is here in Colorado. But and they took me and they put me under that water. And, and I can tell you this, the Spirit of God poured out on me. Um, And it was just a matter of time. I was just ready to do something big for God. So I decided that I wanted to study to be a pastor. I was probably the person that you would say that never would be a pastor. Public speaking was not something that I liked to do. My knees would knock and I couldn't get the words out right. Uh, But God saw something in me. And uh, so he chose to use me. And that's been uh, over 30 years ago. So... Praise the Lord for that. And on my journey, I ended up in, of all places, being on the East Coast, I ended up at Union College my senior year. Can you believe that? It doesn't make sense, does it? Well, I think God knew what was up because there was a a beautiful young lady there from Greeley, Colorado that caught my eye and I said, "Boy, I don't know much about Colorado, but if if Colorado's full of uh, people like her, I want to get to know them better." And so she brought me out. I'll never forget. I just and this is so funny. First time I came to Colorado, we were on I-80 coming from Lincoln and we hit the state line. And so I I'd, I'd always heard that Colorado had mountains, and so when we came to Sterling, I said, Sweetheart, where are the mountains? (laughs) And so I thought, Man, you're bound to see the mountains once you come into the state. But she told me, Sweetheart, well, she didn't call me Sweetheart then. But uh, (laughs) she said, You just got to hang in there for a little while. And then we got closer to her home in Greeley. And then we saw the mountains. And so uh, we're getting ready to celebrate 30 years of marriage. Can you believe that? Uh, This coming October. And so am I a blessed man? Yes, I am. My children, um, I'm so blessed today to have... Have wonderful kids they're still in uh, college dell tennessee uh, uh that's where they live and my son he's graduating with his social work degree can you believe that and so we're re- really tickled about that that's going to happen in just a few weeks so um, as much as i want to be here for your big celebration uh, I can't. I've got to be in Tennessee for that celebration. So uh, I think you'll be blessed with the couple that's doing the music. They've come to my church in the years past and done a great thing also. Another thing I want to share with you, too, and this you would ex- expect somebody from the conference to share this, but uh, I'm just going to go ahead and share it anyhow, not because our conference treasurer is here, but <laughs> I do this wherever I go. But how many of you are acquainted with this? Uh, you know all about this, don't you? Uh, in some ways, it's just a piece of paper, but uh, when you put an offering in it, your tithe in it, God does some great things, and I just want you to know because of the, uh, the dedication of faithful supporters uh, throughout our conference. Uh, when it comes to returning the tithe and the offerings and everything god's doing some great things and and last year was a great year and we were happy to see that we wondered about this year but so far so far the lord has been blessing and i just want to tell you god's plan is the best plan so uh if you haven't found the ability to do this yet try it test the waters and see what the lord will do i can tell you this uh when after we first got married this is really funny there was times when we we wondered you know no, man, things are really tight. We don't have much of anything that we own. But the Lord said, be faithful to him. And so we decided to trust the Lord. And you know what? We've never gone without a meal. <laughs> We've always had a, a, a couch to sit on. We've never had to sit Indian style on the floor. Uh, the Lord's always provided food for us. Uh, water, you name it. And and so he continues to bless. And so you can't beat the partnership uh, with the Lord when it comes to the giving. Well, because um, I'm in a different church almost every Sabbath, uh, as uh, my friend over here, George, to my right is probably also. It's good to see him and Rhonda today. Um, I have a little tradition that I do, and that's called a selfie. And so uh, I want you to work on your smile today. Can you give me a big smile? (laughs) All right. So we're going to just do a little selfie so I can remember my time at Castle Rock. And so uh, if you can, uh, on the count of three, one, two, three. And then we're going to come over here to like in the center. And uh, there you go. All right. One, two, three. There I am. (laughs) Why more? (laughs) We got to get everybody in (laughs) the Pano effect, huh? One, two, three. All right, cool. Now, you're pretty special. Not just anybody gets on my phone, so uh, I'll have this to remember by for a long time. Well,. The Lord has something to say today, and I've been told I have 35 minutes, and my introduction took 30 minutes, and so I have to be here, and be done at 12.15 today, so I'll try to be respectful to you. Um, Chris, by the way, thank you so much for helping me with the mic and everything today. It sounds okay, and so, so I'm coming through loud and clear, and so uh, we just need to make sure he's coming through loud and clear, right? And so let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you so much that, We can all be together at Castle Rock today. Boy, this is so neat. Almost two years, a church plant to make it to year two. That's pretty special. And I just thank you so much for all these special people today. My heart's been warmed, I, I've been blessed. Thank you for the adventurers, and it's good to see them active and involved. And uh, thank you so much for the Holy Spirit and how He's active, even now, as we get into the word, may your spirit lead us in Jesus name. Amen. I want to begin by asking you a question. Think deep on this one. How many of you have ever been through a crisis before? Just raise your hands. Um, Probably I was expecting everybody's hand to go up. It seems like uh, if you're not in one, you're almost ready to go in one or you're coming out of one. It seems like they're all around us. Uh, Maybe it's a crisis of health. You went to the doctor and the doctor said, your blood is not looking good. Uh, Maybe blood sugar or high blood pressure. Uh, Maybe it was worse than that. They saw uh, something on the the scan that indicated it might be cancerous. Uh, Yeah, that's pretty scary stuff. Maybe it was a financial crisis. Maybe you came to the end of the month and you just didn't have much to live with. I mean, finances are tight. or maybe it was a social crisis where uh, you and a friend or maybe it's a spouse or even a child is going through a tough time right now and, and you're really struggling with that yeah i think if we had enough time today to compare notes we would all say at one time or another we've gone through some tough stuff right well probably the hardest crisis is one that has to deal with the church Yeah, of all places, you wouldn't think there would be a crisis in the church, right? Well, sometimes if we're honest with ourselves, even crises, they happen in the church too. And so today I'd like to share a story in the book of Exodus. And we're going to be looking at Exodus 17. If you brought your Bible, great. If you brought your device, yeah, you can use that too. But look at Exodus with me. Exodus 17 verse 1. Exodus 17, verse 1. Some of you have already heard the sermon. My wife has probably heard it now for uh, maybe 10, 15 times. Uh, But uh, for those of you that are new, I think you'll find a really uh, uh, good inspiration from it. Uh, Exodus 17, verse 1. And we're going to begin by reading. It says in New King James Version, Then all the congregation of the children of Israel set out on their journey, From the wilderness of sin, according to the commandment of the Lord, encamped in Rephidim. How many of you like to camp, just love the camp? Coming to Colorado, I just know that people just love to be outdoors. In fact, sometimes pastors and churches around the area, uh, they wonder uh, who's going to show up at church on Sabbath because the mountains have such a draw to them, just takes church members away so when church members show up and when the weather's nice, nice uh, it makes your pastor smile right pastor Godfrey <laughs> and we love nature and we need to get out and, and be a part of that but can you imagine being a part of this camp out can you imagine what that was like yeah, well, let me help you a little bit with your imagination. We're talking a pretty big group of people that went on this camp out. Uh, some uh, theologians say it was at least 500,000 men. And then if you add the ladies, the spouses to it and the kids, you're talking well over a million people on this camp out. Now, that's a lot of people. It, to get your to wrap your mind around that, you know where the Broncos play, right? You would have to fill that city stadium 13 times, over 13 times to get to that point where we'd come up with that number. Can you imagine how big the group was on the camp out? Another interesting thing, it says wilderness. Now, typically when we think of wilderness, what do we think of? (laughs) We we usually think of a pretty remote place, right? Uh, I remember one time on the way from uh, Las Vegas where uh, my uh, sister-in-law lives. She lives in Boulder City. We were going to California, so we went through Death Valley. And Man, it just doesn't seem like there's much of anything out there. Well, that's probably the case here. Uh, the nearest Taco Bell was a long ways away. <laughs> uh, well, they didn't have those back then. But, uh, yeah, it was pre- very, very remote. But here's the good thing about the camp out, and that is the camp director, the camp superintendent. And who was that? Yeah, yeah, well, think about it. He was the unseen guy, right? He was God. They... We're following his lead. If you remember the story backing up a little bit, remember they came out of Egypt. God <laughs> saved them through the Red Sea. And then he, he put them on a path. And where was their destination? Do you remember that part? Where were they going? Talk to me, church. Where were they going? They were going to the promised land called Canaan. And so God, he's the camp director. He's the, he's the leader on this journey. Now think about this. We always say, well, he's unseen. Can't see God today, but I know he's here. But in this case, he did show his presence a little bit. Remember at night, how did he show his presence? You could see something in the sky. What was it? A pillar of fire. Then during the day, what was it? A cloud. And so God very much, as much as he could, was trying to show them visibly that I'm here. You have nothing to worry about. And so truly, if you were on this camp out, that should have been the case. But you come to the end of verse one, you find something that really challenges us. And that is the word, but God is leading a group of people to the promised land. And then there's that conjunction, but, but there was no water for the people to drink. Now, can you imagine that? nothing for those people to drink now think about how you would feel to being out in the middle of nowhere and have nothing to drink would that be a little disconcerting for you yeah I think you understand that that would be really hard but here's an interesting question that is I was doing some in-depth study of this why did God even allow them to come to this point Wouldn't it make sense that all along the way to the promised land, your needs would be immediately met and you would never have to worry about anything? Yeah. If we are really honest with ourselves on the spiritual journey today, going to the spiritual promised land, heaven, we've all had those moments where we had those buts, where our needs... We're readily taken care of. Now, you, most of you know the story as it continues, so you're not too worried about it at this point. But if you're in the story and you're one of those million plus people and you have nothing to drink, it's almost getting close to panic mode. Have you ever had a crisis in your life? Let's be honest here, where you wondered where God was. And why would he allow you to go through that? Can I be vulnerable with you? Can I share something here today with you? Is this a safe place to talk about things that have happened in my personal life? Can, can I be vulnerable with you? Is that okay? There was a time when I had to go through the worst, probably one of the worst crises that I've ever gone through. And it had something to do with my, my little girl yeah she was just a little baby and we noticed that one day she was starting not to be her energetic self and so we were puzzled and uh, we took her temperature and we noticed that she had a fever Um, it was 99 and she began to get even more lethargic and took it again it was 100 and then took it again 102 103 104, 105. You can imagine what this little girl looked like at this point with 105 temperature. She was terrible, but it gets worse. Right there sitting on the couch, I watched her have a seizure. I don't know if any of you know anybody that has had kids that have seized before, but that's a very scary experience. I had never witnessed it before. But I can remember just feeling so helpless. What can I do? We got her to the hospital as we could, quick as quick as we could. And she was in the emergency room there and the doctor came out and says, we're just kind of baffled. We don't know why your daughter is so sick, but we suspect that she's got spinal meningitis. Ooh. And he said, the only way can we can check for that is we're gonna have to do a spinal tap, Mr. Mallory. And in order to do that, we have to ask you to exit the room. And so I'll never forget right then and there. I exited the room. I walked out that room and I didn't know what was going to happen to my little girl. I just wanted to believe that God was there. And, I, you know, here I'm a pastor and I should know all this, right? I preach about faith. But I'm just telling you, my faith was tested that day. Why? All the other kids that we knew were bubbling with energy and happy and healthy and everything. Why is this happening to me? And at this point, we did not know if that little girl would make it. All we could do is hope and try to pray. That's hard for me to say that to you because I believe in God. But at this point, my faith was weak. And so I tried to pray. You've seen those people or heard about these people in the emergency room that lost it, that truly lose it. I was one of those people. I was just just, just crying. And I just said, God, please save my little girl. Well, the good news is, is that God helped them to do what they needed to do. She didn't have spinal meningitis. Uh, she had some freak virus um, that she picked up. Unfortunately, our son got the same thing later, the next week or the next uh, few days. And uh, he got that fever too, but he didn't seize up like she did. Um, And so the good news is, is with some medication, some Motrin, Tylenol, we were giving her all that stuff before, but it wasn't bringing that fever down. That little girl was able to bounce back and get her little kick back to her and get some energy to her and she's so energetic today for the Lord that she's working for GCAS for the general conference auditing uh, service just graduated in, in December of last year with her degree in accounting and so we're just so proud of what she's done but we're so thankful that God intervened during that crisis let me ask you this if God can save that little Carrie, don't you think he can save your family? Don't you think he can help with your issue? I, I do believe that. And I understand when you have moments where your faith is tested. But we have to trust the leader, right? We have to trust him. And if you look at his his, his resume, the camp superintendent, he'd always come through for them before, Right? Remember in Exodus 15, they go to the body of water and the water didn't taste good. And and God just said, throw a stick, throw a tree in there. And they did. And guess what? The water miraculously tasted really good. And so they drank. And then in Exodus 17, remember, they didn't have anything to eat. And, and and again, God provides. What was that stuff that they they ate? Is called manna. And so the track record of God is that He will provide. Unfortunately, sometimes it doesn't happen as quick as we want it to. Do you hear me? So if you're struggling right now with faith in God, let me just tell you this: God's timing's always the best. Just hang in there. He will work a miracle, some form or fashion. He can bless you. And so the people, they contend with Moses. Now Moses is introduced here, not that he's the first first time it's mentioned in the whole book of Exodus, but for us today, let me just share something interesting about Moses. Moses was called to work with the superintendent of the camp out. I think it's important for us to remember that it was a calling God had called Moses to do what he did (laughs) he was called to lead the people with God leading the way And an interesting thing about Moses you can look at many descriptions about him but probably the one that sticks out for me is Moses was a spiritual leader yeah not just a leader But he was a spiritual leader. But another interesting thing is, is that as you look at Moses, he was just like us. He was a human. He was a human. God was perfect, the the superintendent. But Moses, yeah, he was a human. So Moses comes to them and he says, why do you contend with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? And the people there, they just thirsted for water. And the people complained against Moses. And said, why is it you have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? That's pretty strong accusation. (laughs) Moses, yeah, he was human, but he wasn't that bad, was he? Yeah, but you know, it's interesting in the heat of the moment. Sometimes, sometimes we don't see things the way we should see them. And so they had a gripe against moses and so moses has a decision and that is is how do i handle this crisis lack of water what i do at this point think about this god respects freedom of choice this is what moses could have done he could have just said see you guys later i'm done with ministry he could have walked out he could have right And the sad thing is today, there's probably people that, you know, in ministry, whether it be pastoral ministry, spiritual leadership, elder, that they just get to the point where they can't handle it anymore. And they just say, see you later. Goodbye. They're gone. Maybe somebody here today, you've had a moment in church work where you got so stressed, you didn't know what to do. So you just left. So, yeah, what would Moses do? Well, instead of leaving, he decided to unload. And that is, it says in verse, five, verse 4, it says he cried out to the Lord. Now, friends, before I go any further, I'd just like to share with you that what Moses did was the best thing he could have done. Because you think about this, whose people were they? They were Moses' people, but they were really ultimately whose people? Talk to me, church, I'm listening. They were God's people. Mom and dad today, your kids are your kids, but they're ultimately God's kids, right? And so we understand how God fits in. Hopefully we do. And so he cries out to the Lord because he realizes if anybody's going to solve this crisis, it's got to be God. God is the miracle worker he can provide bread manna he can make a a, a body of water that didn't taste really good he can help the taste better and so God yeah he had a reputation he could take care of this and so what shall I say to this people he says they are almost ready to stone me and the Lord said to Moses Go on before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel. Also, take in your hand your rod with which you struck the water, the river, that is, and go. And behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb, and you shall strike the rock. And notice the next part. You shall strike the rock. And what's going to be the response? Uh, Say it with me. Water will come. And the good news is it did come. In Psalm 105, verse 41, it says it gushed out. There was like a river. Can you imagine? A river of water that came out that day. And so the people that day were able to quench their thirst because God did a miracle. Now, I'm just going to ask you something as I help my dry mouth right now. What do you think they did in response when God just provided that miracle? Carla, thank you so much for reminding us about this. I would just hope, I wasn't there, but I would just hope that they thank God for the miracle. Maybe, maybe not. But one step further, after the miracle was performed, do you think anybody went up to their spiritual leader and said, Thank you, Moses. I know you 've been caught a lot of things in your life, but pretend you 're in the story. <laughs> Thank you, Moses, for pro- helping provide the answer for our problem today. How many of you actually think they did that? Most people when I preach this sermon don 't raise their hand at this point because knowing these people and some of those that were complaining with a mixed multitude here. But most people just think that they went about their merry way without stopping to thank God, first of all, but also thank their spiritual leader for what had just happened. So I'm going to bring it home today. (laughs) Uh, Maybe you're going to say this is quite courageous, uh, Pastor Mallory, to do this, but I'm just going to ask a question. When is the last time you thank God for the miracles that he's given you? Uh, Pastor Godfrey, I loved how you said in the prayer, "the breath we can breathe today, that's a gift." When's the last time you thank God for what He's given you? Why is it sometimes, friends, that it's so we're sometimes so quick to complain about what we don't have and so slow to praise God for what we do have? Have you noticed that? <laughs> I mean, if we took time and we don't have time this morning, but if you wrote down all the things that God has done, dot, 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 he's done so much. But you know what? When one thing goes wrong, you know, all we can do is, is just say what are our, our frustrations with the Lord. God wants to hear them so we can come to him with those frustrations. But I think it's better when we come to him with our praises. Can you say amen? That's why I like the praise team here today. Uh, Ron, you helping us, uh, that song that you picked, Give Thanks, I love that. Did you know I was going to preach about this this day? Oh man, it just fits so perfectly into what I'm preaching about, Give Thanks to God. But one step further, when is the last time you took the initiative to thank a spiritual leader that serves you in the church for what they do? When's the last time? Most people tell, say, you know, we're just too busy. Well, let me, I want, I want you to watch something today. I'm going to do something in front of you right now. I have this phone. Uh, fortunately, it's a smartphone, uh, so I can do things with it. But watch this uh, and, and try to figure out how long it takes to do this. Text Godfrey Miranda. What do you want to say? Thank you so much for all you do for the church. Here's your message. Descended? okay it's sent. so how long did it take for me to thank your pastor how many seconds Twelve, ten. about 10 seconds <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming in just perfect timing there <laughs> about 10 15 seconds but what do you think it meant to him when he received that tax? what do you think that meant to him Yeah, an attitude of gratitude among God's people, not just for the pastor, but anybody that's serving. It means a lot. And so I want to challenge you to do that. I am almost out of time, but I want to take you to the last part of the story. There's another crisis. This time it's not water. And it's in verse eight. It's the Amalekites. And just to speed it up a little bit, the Amalekites were enemies of God's people So Joshua, uh, who's involved here in spiritual leadership with Moses, uh, they fought Amalek in verse 10. But then notice interesting in verse 10, uh, another step on the journey here. They had gone from having their thirst quenched to now being fearful of, of losing to the Amalekites. God does something and he does something not just with Moses. I think that's important for us to remember. Moses, he's, he's that giant spiritual leader in history, probably one of the best leaders in history. But you remember what I said about Moses earlier? You remember what I said about him? He's, he's a prophet of God, but he's also what? Human. God knew this. And so that, that's why he, when, when Moses was was involved in trying to provide a, uh, an answer to the crisis He took with him two people, Aaron and Hur, and they went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. Moses, if you're sitting uh, watching this whole thing, Moses, just keep your hand up in the air and we'll win. But something also is said here. He sometimes would let down his hand and when his hand went down, what would happen to the enemy? then they would take uh, charge and they would start winning the battle. And so um, verse 12 says something interesting about Moses. You know, I, I, I think we all know the human part here, but adding to that, it says in verse 12, Moses's hands became heavy. So they took a stone and they put it under him and he sat on it. And then those two guys that I mentioned earlier that joined him, most people don't even know who they are, but but they're very important in the story. Aaron and Hur supported his hands. They figured it out. In order to keep the leader's hands up in the air, which is really symbolic of pointing to God for help and needing intervention, in order to keep those hands up in the air, they needed to find somebody to support those hands. And so Aaron and her volunteered to go help Moses, his hands to get up in the air. And so because they were helping his hands to stay up, (laughs) it says in verse 13, so Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And we all said what? Amen. So what do we learn from that? Here's what I learned. And that is, just like Moses, spiritual leaders need support too. I'll say it again. Just like Moses, spiritual leaders need support too. Before I came to my position as ministerial director, I'm what they call pastor of pastors. I was a pastor just like Godfrey. And I just want you to know the reason I was able to achieve the success I did as a pastor is because I knew people in my congregation were doing this. They were supporting me in their prayers. When's the last time you prayed for your pastor? You don't need to raise your hand. When's the last time you prayed for a spiritual leader in your congregation? Is your head elder here, Godfrey? Uh, Which one? You don't? Uh, Okay. All right. Lay leadership is just as important as our pastoral leader. We appreciate what they do, too. When is the last time you prayed for them? Well, let me help you to understand something. And that is, is that spiritual leaders need prayer probably now more than ever in history. Remember the Bibles in Revelation says the devil comes down with great wrath because he knows his time is what? The shorter the time gets, the devil is going to try to attack the church. And who do you think he's going to start with? He's going to attack the leadership. And so it makes sense to me that we as a church, we've got to find a way to support leaders. And one we way do, we do that is to pray for them. Pastor Godfrey, I want you to come up today. <laughs> and I want to say on behalf of the Castle Rock Church and the Rocky Mountain Conference, George will agree here, that we appreciate you very much. Can you say amen? We appreciate Debbie and the kids. Um, We know that you have a very important role in this. So thank you for all that you do too. How many of you would like to say today, more than just appreciation, but how many of you would like to say that you would like to pray and and lift up Pastor Godfrey and his family in prayer? Would you like to say that today? Amen. 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 But one more person, who would you like to recommend to come up as a, uh, your closest thing to your head, elder? So uh, you. uh, both Jose. of them come up? Jose and Ron? Yeah. Okay, no Ron, but the other guy, I, I it's met. I, it's I can't, Jose. Jose, okay, come on up. On behalf, again, of the Castle Rock Church and, and, and the Rocky Mountain Conference, I want to thank Ron and Jose for all that you do for your church in Castle Rock. How many of you would like to thank them for their service for the Lord? <laughs> And also, just like Pastor Godfrey, they need your prayer support too. They not only do the work of the elders or spiritual leaders, uh, we also know there's others that are involved in spiritual leadership here. So they're representing all of the lay leaders here today. But how many of you would like to say that I'd like to pray for my spiritual leaders in the Castle Rock Church? Just raise your hand. Let's pray. Father, I am so thankful that I could be at Castle Rock today this is a church on a journey we're all going to heaven right we believe that our destinations very clear but we realize on this journey that sometimes we do have crisis sometimes we have things that challenge us but you've called us to trust you and part of trusting you is trusting the leadership and so today I'm thankful uh, that as I close my time together here at Castle Rock, that this church is in good hands, that we've got a great pastor here today and his family, Pastor uh, Godfrey Miranda. We thank you for them. I want to pray that you bless them. I also want to thank you so much for Ron and Jose. The, there's, they've got good leaders here in Castle Rock. And to be a leader in leadership in a church plant is even more difficult, I think, or challenging than any other church because it demands a lot. But thank you that, uh, yeah, this church is in good hands with lay leaders too. And I pray for everyone here that has influence and leadership. Thank you so much, Jesus, that someday we are going to make it to the promised land, the heavenly promised land. Someday we are going to meet Moses and hopefully Aaron and her And we're going to listen to their story, but they're going to ask about our story too. And so thank you so much, Jesus, that we'll be able to uh, be with you face to face and uh, we'll be able to celebrate the things that you've done on earth. We love you and thank you for hearing our prayer in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen.